1: Welcome to the Budding Heads Podcast on Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. I'm here with Johnny Gomez. We're back for another episode of the show. Johnny, we we play next week. There's real games. Can you believe it?
2: It didn't come fast enough, man. I, it's like a dream come true. I clicked my heels, you know, three times and, you know, I'm home.
1: <laughs> I know, man. And this will come out Wednesday. We're recording it on Labor Day. So if anything crazy happens in the next few days, don't blame us. But... Obviously, as always, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, and don't forget on iebeatradio.com. Our shows air there Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Before we get into this episode, though, because I know we're going to get some new listeners, me and John are just going to kind of reintroduce ourselves a little bit, I guess, for anyone that has been familiar with us. I'm Steve i've been writing for the site since 2013 i believe me and johnny bolt that we've been here for a while um i've been following the team forever pretty much since i was like six i'm 24 now from connecticut so not really a local fan kind of didn't the move didn't affect me very much but yeah i've been i've been a fantasy guy for the Rams talk as well now i'm doing that over at rotoballer.com that's a shameless plug if you need fantasy advice that's gonna be your secret weapon head on over to rotoballer and uh yeah i'm I'm in new york now i i do social media on the side and this is obviously the most excited i've been for ramp season in a while johnny you do you want me to queue up an icebreaker for you or you want to just talk about yourself a little bit
2: uh I'll, i'll go ahead and talk about myself so i'm johnny gomez uh like steve came in around 2013 Started off as a historian writer. One of the things that I absolutely loved about football in general is the history of it, and uh, actually coming up with the piece really soon about Rich Saul, for all of you old-school Ram fans. I was much like Steve, kind of started off as a Rams fan for a long time. I mean, I was kind of born into this life, and so the Ram life chose me. But on top of that, you know, I I grew up in kind of – at the peak of the Rams departing to St. Louis I was born in 89 so I did watch a little bit of action in Los Angeles but not quite enough but now that's kind of changed since they moved back to Los Angeles so excited about covering the Rams this year especially because this is looking to be a really really good team now that we have all of our boys signed we'll get into that later but uh, yeah, just a little bit uh, about me. I have many hats. I also do some editing on the side for a computer hardware company. So if you love uh, building your own PCs, you probably dealt with my parts at some point or another. Especially if you like building out of fancy computer gear. But I, I won't plug that. Uh, <laughs> also work part time as a as a naturalist for the for a nature center. So yeah, I absolutely love animals as well. So. If I'm not playing football or watching football, you can catch me talking and holding animals, particularly snakes.
1: I do love snakes. Ah, you gotta love snakes, man. If you don't like animals, too, I mean, come on. Don't even listen. Just kidding. We'll take all the listeners we can get. And, <laughs> and I'm, I was and, like, Steve. <laughs> yeah, this is episode eight, I believe. So just a quick shout out, too, to everyone that listens. If you enjoy the podcast... Be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes. You can give a shout-out to Butting Heads if you'd like. But everyone that's listening to this, thank you, guys. On today's show, we are going to go through the news that has gone down with the Rams. Now, I know we're a little late on some of these, so if you are really sick of hearing about the extension and roster cuts, I guess I'll put a timestamp in this so you can skip ahead to our Raiders-Rams preview But, yeah, so we'll be doing that, we'll do the Raiders-Rams, and then we'll close out with another Fantasy 5 today. But before we get started, let's give a shout-out to one of our sponsors here. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. If you want to learn more about the team's history with a bit of a personal touch, you can check out Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out the story of a father a son and the team that he played for in the era of glitz glamour and future hall of famers read about players like norm van brocklin crazy lug search tom fears and les richter in a story that spans the 1950s los angeles rams you can find hawk's book on team.com and on twitter at hollywoodsteam it's available in both hardback and electronic format amazon and barnes and noble you can also find Hollywood's team through various other booksellers on the internet everyone this is an excellent book this is from a Genuine Rams historian whose father played for the team. It's worth every penny for a Rams fan. And for anyone who's really just looking to hear about a story of a father and son and the legacy that his father left behind, again, guys, this book is fantastic. You won't regret buying it. The Hollywood Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk, who has been very generous to cite. So thank you to Jim as well. All right. Let's talk about the news here. Obviously, the big news of the week is that. Luis Perez signed with the practice squad. Just kidding, but that's also cool. Uh, Aaron Donald <laughs> has signed a six-year, $135 million extension, $87 million guaranteed. He'll be with the team through 2024. So Donald is going to be here for a while. I'm happy about this, Johnny. I want to know what was your initial reaction when this finally went down.
2: Well, when I heard this, I just looked for the nearest bottle of tequila because man, this is this is definitely worth celebrating. I am absolutely ecstatic for this because the Rams didn't just, you know, re-sign a defensive tackle. They re-signed the best defensive player in the NFL, and I don't really care if anyone, you know, tries to say, "Well, what about this player?" He is the best defensive player in the NFL today. And you don't pass up on a guy like that. You don't bust an Oakland Raider. Uh, we'll get to that later.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a ton of money, but we're contending now. I mean, we're going to talk about this too when we get to the Week One preview. I guess. When's the last time the Rams had any expectations, let alone Super Bowl aspirations? I could t- I could tell you exactly when the last time the team had real expectations was 2011 because they went seven and nine in the shittiest division in the NFL and people just kind of penciled them in to win the to win the division the next year and you know what happened? we won two games so this is real <laughs> this time we made the playoffs we won 11 games we were in playing with the best of them we lost to the defending NFC champions in the first round in a game that hopefully we just really had to shake off some young team jitters going on but now, they're, in the conversation, maybe the definitive favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. You bring in a Dominican Sioux, you bring in a key to leave, you bring in Marcus Peters, you bring in Brandon Cooks, you do these moves to compete. And just not paying Aaron Donald closes the window a lot. And with him through here, through 2024, and you know sometimes these contracts aren't, you know, a real six year contract. I haven't really poured into where the guarantees lie in every year of this contract, but you got you gotta assume at least until twenty twenty three is real money. So that's you know, that's a big window there. That's about five years. We have Gurley locked up, we have Cooks locked up, we got Havenstein locked up. Jared Goff is more than likely gonna get a big payday too. And you know, I know people say you wanna you win with rookie contracts and stuff. And that's partly true, but you also have to have the stars. And you. this guy is as big of a star as you can get on the defensive end of the ball. He has been a pro bowler every year he's been in the NFL. He's been a first-team all-pro three years running. Only year he didn't make was his rookie year. He's the reigning defensive player of the year. And the rumors were that he was going to get quarterback money. He got slightly below quarterback money. million is worth it for what might be the most valuable non-quarterback in the league. I mean, you have to pay him, and we're going into a crucial year. We're in L.A. We have the eyes on us now. This is not a year that we could flounder away. This, This is a team that needs to make the playoffs and really needs to win a couple playoff games. The Donald debate, I think, has been kind of done a lot, and we've talked about it in the weeks leading up to this contract. I feel like everyone kind of knows our thoughts. In other news, the Rams set their fifty-three man roster. Now, Johnny, I'll let you have the floor here. Anything that you're you're not happy about here on the on in terms of the roster, anything that surprised you? The floor is yours.
2: It, it was exactly how we were kind of expecting it to be. A lot of these aren't really disappointing moves, in opinion. There some moves that I don't exactly approve of. But at the same time, these are kind of minor moves. Most of these uh, transactions that happened are based on, you know, backup roles, guys that, you know, hopefully we don't even see on the field all year long. So in in essence, it really wasn't all that exciting because unless you're diehard fans like us, most of these guys you probably have never heard of or you probably will never see on the football field now. One thing I was a little disappointed in was Mike Thomas at wide receiver. He's back again at the number six spot. I can't say that I am really upset about it. I am a little disappointed because, you know, Steve and I have kind of brought up Kaderil Hodge, who we're both kind of really high on and he did sign in the practice squad. But at the same time, we both kind of agree that he has more of an upside than Mike Thomas has ever really shown. But yet he's back again, and the only thing I can really think of to really understand why this guy still remains on this roster is that he's technically a veteran, and he has that much more experience than Hodge, but again, still a question mark for me. Other than that, there was a few things that kind of puzzled me. Uh, I was a little surprised to see that they are running uh, four running backs on the roster, and also three quarterbacks on the roster, and not as many offensive linemen as I was expecting, but again, a lot of that has to factor in to Jamon Brown being back. He's going to come back from suspension, and that will have, they'll have to terminate at least one of the positions there, and my guess is going to be one of the running backs.
1: I'm okay with the running backs. I, I like Justin Davis a lot, and I think he, he can be a valuable asset here, even though he's not really a necessary asset. Kedero Hodge, I'm happy to see him on the practice squad. It's funny about Mike Thomas because, like, I feel like six years ago he would have been, like, their number two receiver. And we would have just been so miserable about it. Like, just, like, Brandon Gibson in there catching 400 yards a year, being the number two receiver for our terrible quarterbacks. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – Mike Thomas is fine. He, he's been here for a while. He knows the system. I, I don't. think he's ever gonna have to play meaningful minutes, which I guess really it matters to their decision to keep Hodge over, or sorry, keep Thomas over Hodge because that guy's probably not gonna play. Uh, if he has to go in in desperation, maybe they just want someone that is kind of a safe play, knows what he's doing. I don't know. It, it's kind of a strange move. The quarterbacks thing really threw me off. Like Brandon Allen was not even on my radar. players I thought would make the team he has not been impressive at all in the preseason you could argue that he's been less impressive than the most uninteresting man in the world Sean Mannion who (laughs) did nothing but unimpress this preseason so I that that really surprised me that Allen made the team and I could see him being the guy that gets cut when Brown comes back or when Al-Granco comes back later, We he'll be, he was popped, so he'll be back around week six, so that, those two guys, yeah, I think those are the, the guys most likely that will be cut, and I think the team also took five safeties, which was pretty surprising, so Isaiah Johnson, who it seems like he's gonna be the third stringer, that's another guy that might be on the chopping block there, and Trayvon Young, outside linebacker, he's another guy. These are the guys that you're gonna want to look for. Maybe Bryce Hager too, who I didn't have making the team, but I kind of, exp- I wasn't shocked to see him on there. So I think those are the guys that, when Jamon Brown comes back in week two, and when Uncle Rockwell comes back in week six, look for them to be in the chopping block. You mentioned the offensive linemen; they didn't keep a lot, which means I can't imagine they're gonna cut any of these guys. They all seem like. Players that are here for a reason. J- Jameel Demby, uh, six round pick, he's the only guy I could see maybe being cut, but I, I doubt it. I i think that group's going to stay here. I want to get your take on both Dominique catfield and Torian Nixon being cut and Troy Hill making the roster.
2: <laughs> well, I know exactly why you want my opinion on that. Uh, <laughs> it's no secret. Troy Hill is. I, I'm not a big fan of the guy. I just. I, I do see there is potential there, and this is a guy that has kind of, you know, done well for the Rams in very tough situations, especially last year when there was so many injuries. But at the same time, I've seen so many occasions where this guy was just plain out beat, and I've seen that a lot in the preseason too. I don't really see that improving. And while we probably won't see a lot of significant playing time for him, especially with this group of corners, I I just – I don't see him being that effective. And while Hatfield and Nixon are not exactly the best options either, I still think they have a lot more upside than Hill. And part of me wants to say that if Peterson was healthy, Kevin Peterson – I I would say that that Peterson would have gotten the last the last spot instead of Hill, but I'm not even sure. You know, there just there might be a lot more trust in Hill just based on his experience. But I don't know. Am I
1: overreacting, Steve? I don't think I am. I don't think Troy Hill is very good either. But you might be overreacting a little bit because I do think the the four cornerbacks at the top of the depth chart are good players. Uh, two of them are really good. Nickel Robbie Coleman is great for his position, and Jam- Sam Shields has been very good in the past. He's a bit more of a question mark due to his health, but those four guys are probably going to take all of the work at cornerback unless someone's hurt. I think that Shields will be the guy that rotates in for fatigue. Uh, those are obviously going to be the four cornerbacks when they shift to a more defensive back set. Now, when you have a fifth guy in that position, I you we know what we're getting with Troy Hill. It's not that great, but he's been here he's played at the at a high level in games that have mattered somewhat so i'm i'm fine with him being the fifth corner i think nixon and hatfield had a bit more upside and the kevin peterson thing would have been interesting cuz he looked good but uh, i i think it's fine that they went hill here and i'll read off the practice squad so we don't have to keep doing this dominic hatfield cornerback Demarek Hevingway, tight end, Kaderil Hodge, wide receiver. Those are guys that we talked about a lot last week. And then after that, we've got Jeremiah Colon guard, Henry krieger Koble at t- tight end. I almost certainly mispronounced that. I'm sorry, guys. Steven Mitchell, wide receiver. Steven Parker, defensive back. Luis Perez, QB, who I think we're all happy to see on the practice squad, and Ramon Richards at defensive back. So that, like, Perez being on the practice squad, too, it's, it just adds to, like, Why do we keep three quarterbacks? I'm very confused at that.
2: Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. And again, just to kind of add a little bit to what you were saying earlier, Allen didn't impress at all. And, you know, say what you will about Sean Mannion. He was still a little more productive than Brandon Allen, especially this past game. Brandon Allen didn't do much of anything. And not that Perez really stepped in and did much either, but. We didn't really see a whole lot of Perez to really make a definitive, uh, educated guess on whether he should get a roster spot or not. But like you said, it does kind of leave you scratching your head a little bit because you have Perez on the practice squad. So do we really need essentially four quarterbacks with the team overall? I, I don't necessarily think so, unless they're really concerned about Jared Goff's health, which... To my knowledge, he seems to be the picture of health. Have you heard anything different?
1: No, and if they're really concerned about Jared Goff's health, these are not the backups you want on your roster because I don't think any of them are good. Perez, obviously, it's too early to tell, and I'm glad he's in the practice squad, but I don't think anyone wants to throw him out as a starter anytime this year. Uh, Sean Mannion, I, I thereed out my thoughts. I don't need to go into it. Allen, like, he does not look good at all. He seems like the kind of backup that you have if you just don't care about your backup and the Rams already have that because clearly they don't care about their backup when they're trotting out Sean Mannion for the past four years. So, I like, <laughs> they don't need Brandon Allen. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the guy that gets cut when Brown comes back. But at the same time, if that's what they're going to do, why keep a quarterback? Why not keep, you know, another outside linebacker like Ejjuan Price who got cut? Another cornerback like Torian Nixon or Dominique Hatfield. Another receiver like Haderio Hodge. It's a position that the guy's never going to play unless circumstances are crazy. And that, I I don't get it. And if Goff gets hurt, they're almost certainly going to bring in somebody from the outside unless they really like believe that if Shaw Mania plays bad, we're going to roll with Brandon Allen and be happy about it because uh, nobody has ever been happy about that. Since Brandon Allen got in the NFL, like it, it's it's mind blowing to me that he made the roster. It that's the most shocking here out of any of these players that made it.
2: Yeah, th- there's no doubt about it. Brandon Allen doesn't really deserve a spot on this roster, in my opinion. But at the same time, like you said, I I highly believe that this is going to be the guy to be cut. What once Brown comes back, it, it would stun me if if Allen stays on this roster the entire year. But then again, stranger things have happened, I suppose.
1: I don't know. We are definitely overreacting too much to this whole situation because they kept three quarterbacks, which it doesn't really matter. The guy who would have made over Allen probably wouldn't have had that big of an impact, but Allen's not going to have any impact. So I guess I stand by my overreaction. Let's talk about one quick other set of news here. The Rams restructured Andrew Whitworth and Robert Woods, uh, I I think the day before the Donald News drop. Creating seven million in cap space for this season, which wasn't used. It was not used in Aaron Donald's extension. He was given two extra million dollars this year to up it to, I believe, eight point nine million. Which that two million was available before the restructuring. That was all the cap room we had left. Which also seems to think that that has been in place for a while. That increase this year because that was all the cap space left. So now the team has seven million. In cap space, I mean, I want like, what do you expect them to do with this cap space? If anything, it would
2: be nice for them to go out there and you know maybe research and and find one of these gems, you know, that the that teams cut for some bizarre reason. But I don't know if there's really a whole lot of guys that I really want to fill up this roster with at this point. There really isn't a starter or anyone else that I can think of that can really come into the Rams and make a huge improvement the only position I can really think of that might benefit the Rams to look into is maybe a backup quarterback role you know just to eliminate Brandon Allen or possibly even Sean Mannion whoa but <laughs> <laughs> <He said it. laughs> I I know that's kind of music to uh Steve's ears there uh it's not that I'm giving up completely on Sean Mannion but At the same time, I do realize that Sean Mannion hasn't really performed like he should have. He really needed to step up, and I don't think he did. He had every opportunity to do so, and unfortunately, he just hadn't really performed like we all— well, like I expected anyway. But at the same time, do the Rams need to overspend on a backup quarterback? Not necessarily— uh, but definitely someone to bring in to uh, at least compete during practices to at least give Mannion a run for his money and who knows, maybe overthrow him on the depth chart, maybe send him to third or uh, to the third string or uh, outright cut him if, if it gets to that point.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to make a move at backup quarterback unless something happens to Jared Goff because with with RG3 kind of making the, the... – Ravens. That was really the only like intriguing third stringer that had a chance of getting cut. With AJ McCarron fetching a fifth round pick, which we'll get into in our next segment. uh it, the The price for backup quarterbacks is apparently high, so I think it stays as it is unless something happens to Goff. And that's kind of gets to my point. Here. I think there's two things that happen to this money, and I don't think it'll move for a little bit here because I think that either it's going to be insurance in case somebody gets hurt let's say in case Goff gets hurt and they have some wiggle room to go out and get a quarterback that has a somewhat of a paycheck you know you're probably not going to be able to get a usable minimum guy there's going to be backups that well aren't that expensive you can go out and get like let me look up an example here so example Josh McCown makes 10 million dollars you now have seven million dollars in cap room and I'm not I'm not advocating for the team to acquire Josh McCown or anything but if Goff gets hurt and they want to bring in somebody like that all they have to do is get rid of three million dollars in contracts or maybe the Jets would keep that three million if the pick was good enough to do the deal if we stay healthy going to the trade deadline and I know the trade deadline is usually quiet in the NFL. The Rams are going to be buyers with $7 million to play with. We see every year there's guys in their third or fourth year of their contracts that teams don't plan on bringing back that get traded either before the season starts or sometimes we see them get moved during the season, uh, with, as we saw with Kelvin Benjamin who got traded at the deadline last year. There's going to be guys out there. And while well, I don't really think – well, I guess you know we could say right now the team could use an inside linebacker unless Kaiser steps up or one of the other guys, they could probably use an outside linebacker. If they're firing on all cylinders and nobody's hurt at the trade line and those outside linebackers that we're starting, aren't playing great. That's where you make a move and you go out and get somebody and you have the, now you have some cap room to play with. If this didn't happen, Donald would have been absorbed into every last penny of cap room. The team had. So, that's that's how I feel. I, I'm excited about this cap space. So it, it's going to be a nice thing to keep an eye on. And maybe our less needs wild ride is not over just yet.
2: Can I play uh, devil's advocate for just a second here? Sure. Because I already know this This topic's going to come up eventually, especially in maybe the Rams talk room uh, on Facebook or maybe on Twitter. What are your thoughts on being, uh, Paxton Lynch?
1: I I don't know, man. I think, I think we've seen enough of Paxton Lynch. I wouldn't be too upset about it because of how out I am on Sean Mannion and Brandon Allen. So, like, he's getting a minimum deal. If they sign him, he's not. He's barely gonna get get in any of this cap space. So, I I'm fine with it if they see something in him. I think he has more upside than Sean Mannion, but I think he might be worse than Sean Mannion right now. And that's saying a lot. He, I do think he's better <laughs> than Brandon. I'd rather have him than Brandon Allen though. I mean, if we're going to keep three quarterbacks, why not uh, get him and get rid of Allen? Sure. But what, what do you think about Paxton Lynch?
2: Not a fan. I, I never was a fan of Paxton Lynch. And, and I, I was actually amazed that the Denver Broncos made such an effort to get this guy, you know, and this is coming from a guy like John Elway, So high on this guy, and well, the end result is him being cut. I mean, for a guy for for a team rather, in to one player to just outright cut him in what this is like his third year. I want to say yes,
1: yeah, he played two years.
2: Yeah, started so four games. That's not a good sign, you know. Not a good sign at all. This is. This isn't exactly a low rounder. You know, this this he this is a guy that was a high pick, and they cut him outright in entering his third season. So am I interested? Not really. Maybe, like you said, to replace Brandon Allen. But even then, I don't know if it's that much of an upgrade, if an up- upgrade at all. There's a reason why he's no longer on the Broncos. So why bring that to the Rams?
1: Exactly, and you could say, like, well, he didn't really get a fair shake with, you know, they never really gave him a chance. Did you see the guys they were starting? If he was, he, <laughs> like, he probably didn't deserve a chance, and that's saying a lot. It's the same. Christian Hackenberg went to the Jets in the second round of that draft, and at first, because they they were in a similar situation where they were just not really playing anyone good, you were kind of like, why, why haven't they even given Hackenberg a shot to start a game or something they're throwing out Bryce Petty and stuff like that they're not the fact that they're not even being considered to start means that there is something wrong there and that the team made a mistake and I think if they are just straight up cutting Paxton Lynch at this point I think they've seen enough and that's the fact that they're just out on a first round pick after two years means that he's probably not good and while I wouldn't be that upset if we picked him up because i don't think our backs our backups are good either he's probably nothing there there's probably nothing there and at best maybe he'll be a backup but he'll most likely be out of the league sooner rather than later unfortunately for him all right Let's let's move on here. We got actual football to talk about. Week one is coming up. But before we do, let's give a shout out to our sponsor at the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. The zip code there is 92683. Our friend Sal Martinez opened his shop up. as a shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. And luckily for him, they returned. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714 894 Rams, 714 894 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTalk so Sal knows that he sent you. He knows that he's getting an educated Rams fan, and he's going to give you a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call, 714 894 7267. Johnny, you've seen his shop. What did you think of everything going on in there?
2: It's a dream for Rams fans alike. I mean, I've been there twice already. I want to go back because I, I definitely need a haircut, and the dude gives a really good haircut. So not only are you going to look really fly, going back a little bit, um, but this is this is a guy that has tons of memorabilia. I'm not kidding. Wall-to-wall Rams memorabilia. It's literally a time capsule of Ram greatness and if that doesn't excite you you're not much of a rams fan i am not kidding you each time i go i see a different section of his wall that i haven't seen before and i i could spend all day in there
1: what more could you want on your barber man that's that's the golden ram barbershop number there 714-894-7267 give sal a call guys you won't regret it all right we are playing in week one unfortunately we're the last game of the week that's 10 p.m eastern time So a nice night game for you guys in L.A., actual 7 p.m. start time, kind of like those Laker games out there. Uh, For me in New York, this will be the latest I stay up to watch football all season, so I'm not super excited to stay up till 1 a.m. on a Monday, but here we are. (laughs) So let's, (laughs) what do you, are you guys, how is it like, because you don't get really any 7 a.m. starts for football, right?
2: No, no, I, it's all ten o'clock starts for us. So, I mean, if you complain about that, you just are a very late sleeper. Uh, ten o'clock in the mornings are not a lot to ask for, but in your case, seven a.m. games, you, you're going to wake up a little bit early. But wait, I'm at uh, I'm at seven p.m.
1: Why am I saying seven a.m.? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well that's a little bit different i'm looking at the ad read from
1: sal and i keep seeing 7 a.m uh so this game is a 7 p.m kickoff for you guys a 10 p.m kickoff for us east coasters out there so but that's what i meant because that's when like laker games usually start but for football the latest games start at what five yeah yeah i mean
2: unless the the rams are starting uh at a sunday night game very rarely is it seven o'clock but again that's really not that big of a deal uh because most dodger games and and like you said laker games start around that time so it's kind of normal but then for you it will likely end around one o'clock so uh, probably not that as not as much enjoyable as it is for us on the on the west coast
1: (laughs) yeah not ideal and normally when the rams play prime time i consider hopping on the post game pod but I will not be doing that at 1 a.m. in New York, I can assure you. Um, but the last time the Rams played in this time slot, they got their asses whooped by a 49ers team that I believe won, what, two games? So let's hope this game goes better. We are playing the Oakland Raiders, who have been in the news very much over the past couple of hours here because they sent Khalil Mack to the. Bears and they got back in return two first round picks and a couple other picks there. They also gave up a second round pick, which for me that kind of seals the deal. This being a great trade for the Bears and not so great for the Raiders. I mean, Johnny, this is a situation that could have happened with Aaron Donald, and I'm glad it didn't. But what, how, what do you make of this whole Khalil Mack situation in Oakland?
2: The funny thing is, I, I was talking to a good buddy of mine who who follows the Raiders. Like nobody else, he is a Raider nation at heart, and you'll never find a bigger Raider fan than him, which is why I'm going to have a very fun time once the Rams smash on the Raiders uh, uh, on Monday. Putting that aside for now, I asked him why he felt the Raiders traded Khalil Mack rather than tried to resign him. And while there isn't exactly a definitive answer per se, the common belief is that he felt that John Gruden trying to put his foot down and say and send a message not only to the the entire Raider organization but to the entire NFL saying that we want players that are going to play right now for us and while Khalil Mack is kind of a different situation it, it wasn't he wasn't doing this necessarily out of defiance but He believed he deserved to be paid higher, and I certainly believe out of all the players on the team, he was heavily underpaid, so I don't see the real issue there. I feel like the Raiders just traded away not only their best player, but probably the best defensive player in the league, and really didn't get a whole lot back at that. I mean, I feel like the Bears made out like bandits because... Not only did they get a proven commodity, but they got a second-round pick on top of that. That's highway robbery, in my opinion. Yes, they surrendered two first-round picks, but who cares? Who cares? They got the second-best defensive player in the league, and this is a guy that is a difference-maker. And they surrendered not much, honestly, a whole lot. I mean, they won't even really feel the effect until draft day and even then, who cares? You still have Khalil Mack. So understandably, my, my friend, the Raider fan, he he was actually cursing at John Gruden, which I, I don't blame him because if, if the roles were the Rams that traded Aaron Donald for that face, I'd be pissed. I, I'd be I'd be fuming without a doubt.
1: It's it's interesting because Basically what this move says is – and you could say the whole like Gruden wants to send a message like he's not a Gruden guy, blah, blah, blah. The real point is here they didn't want to pay him that much money. And when you're not giving a guy that's good that much money, that basically means you're saying we're not contenders right now. And sometimes that's a smart move and maybe it is here. I I don't think it is because they traded that second-round pick and more than likely they're not going to be that good this year. So that, that's going to be a good pick. If, if that wasn't included, I might be changing my tone here. But the logic behind this move is basically we're not going to be contenders in the next few years. And we want to build up assets that we can instead of crippling our cap long term when this team might not be very good and it'll make it tougher to build. But Mac is one of those guys who's worth that. And let me like just to kind of like get perspective here. I believe, like, let's say this if the Rams signed Aaron Donald to this exact contract, just exactly the same, last year during his holdout, don't you think there would have been a little more a little bit of backlash to it because you're putting in that much money to a defensive tackle when the team around him really didn't seem like it was gonna be all that good going into the season. Obviously now, and we we went over this in the Donald thing. We're contenders. We need to pay him. We need to keep this window open as long as we can. But don't you think, like, if they made that contract last year, it would have saw some backlash because of how much money it was going to a defensive tackle when the team has other needs to fill, theoretically. Obviously, we know they're they're killer, but you know what I'm saying, right?
2: Oh, I, I absolutely follow, but there, there's always going to be some sort of backlash. I mean, and if you want to get technical about it, there was a little bit of backlash over the current signing, which I think is completely ridiculous. And it all just kind of stems down to how much you value players. And if you're kind of one of these old school guys that, you know, these guys are getting paid too much, that's kind of the wrong issue you're looking at at this point. Um, But overall, I do kind of get what you're saying. And the only backlash I would kind of say is because, yes, technically Aaron Donald was in his rookie contract, but he was only, you know, he still had two years left. And at that point, you know, you, you have that kind of moral value that you have to look at. Should you honor this commitment or are you just kind of buying time to get a new contract? I, I mean, there is no right or wrong answer in this point just because you can make a point for both sides. If you look at it from Aaron Donald's perspective, he's one injury away from never getting that contract that he deserved. And that's probably how he was approaching it, which you can argue whether or not that's right or wrong. In my opinion, there's no right or wrong answer there. But yeah, there would be animosity going towards this contract if it happened last year. And I think that's one of the main reasons why Lesney you know, delayed it a year you know, as much as he could. And I'm glad for his sake and for the Rams' sake, that he that Aaron Donald was able to or wanted to actually play the up uh, the follow uh, the previous year rather.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. Like I feel like his holdout last year was a little ridiculous, and I get why there was a lot of backlash to it. I didn't really like the backlash to it this year because, like you said, he he he's one injury away from being done, and he has proven enough this year with one year left on his deal that. He deserves the extension and he shouldn't have to worry about money anymore for the next couple of years. Not – I mean, and you could say, yeah, he's making millions of dollars a year. But you know what I mean. He only – he has a short amount of time to make 99% of the money he's going to make for the rest of his life. And I don't blame him for holding out. But, yeah, it's – because I – like my point is really like if the Rams weren't that good last year, like let's say they went 7-9. and nine. Uh, God, 7-9. and nine. <laughs> oh.
2: You said it. You said it, damn it. You said it.
1: But let's say they went 7-9. and nine. This happening to us, would it be more possible than people think? Because when you're not a contender, it's tough to pony up $135 million for anybody, let alone somebody who doesn't play quarterback. But I, I'm very happy with the contract now. And even if we were in this scenario, I think I would have rather paid Donald than had somebody else pay him. But I – I don't know, it's 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 weird. And then the same day, the Raiders traded a fifth-round pick for A.J. McCarron when their starter, again, is healthy. And their backup, Connor Cook, wasn't you know, the worst backup in the league. I mean, has anybody had a worse month than John Gruden? And they also cut Martavis Bryant, who they traded a third-round pick for. So, like... <laughs> This has been kind of a disastrous month for the Raiders.
2: The whole time I was I was texting my buddy because uh, you got to rub it in a little bit, of course. But
1: we've all been rubbed in <laughs> as Rams fans.
2: Oh, you don't know the half of it, man. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> but um, the uh, AJ McCarron trade just completely stunned me because, first of all, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why AJ McCarron is a step up over Connor Cook, while I, I admit that Cook isn't that great, I didn't think he was that bad either, and trading for McCarron, I don't know if that's an improvement. I, I really don't. I don't think it is. And I I don't know. I, I That just boggles my mind a little bit. And then Martavius Bryant, I kind of understand a little bit, because this is a guy that is going to probably face suspension. But, again, they surrendered a third-round pick for this guy. That's not a low-round pick. And they just outright cut him before the season starts. One less weapon for Derek Carr, and you, And then they kind of band-aid it with signing Brandon LaFell. <sighs> yeah. How inspiring. You know, this whole Gruden thing, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I it it questioned. I question a lot of these moves, and you know it's kind of good for the Rams' sake because I don't I don't know if they're going to do very well against the Rams, and if the Raiders do actually make this competitive game on Monday, it's going to be a long season, Steve.
1: <laughs> this game has gotten less and less concerning, like as the weeks have gone out. Which like Sean Gruden is getting paid a hundred million dollars over the course of ten years, and like I think the. Out of all these moves, the Bryant cutting was the most like John Gruden sending a message type move because they probably should have just let it, wrote it out since they gave up a third-round pick for him. But I guess sunk cost, you know, whatever. And Brandon LaFell obviously not the most inspiring signing, but you could do worse. They could have also done better and maybe try to get Dez, but it is what it is. But yeah, I, I do think AJ McCarron is a good backup. I, we, we give him slack because, like, he's not that good. But, like, this the Bills, again, this is kind of the Paxton Lynch thing. The Bills signed him to a two-year $10 million contract. They're not planning on starting Josh Allen, and they valued a fifth-round pick more than McCarron, who seemed like he was in line for the starting job. And they're starting Nathan Peterman, who – had the worst debut in nfl history so like there's not a good vote of confidence for McCarron and the raiders coughing up a fifth round pick for him it's just it's wild but let's let's talk about the on the field product here it's it's going to be a road game against a crowd that is going to be tough in oakland it's you know maybe they're mad at the team so maybe it won't be as tough it's a team that has a stake in the los angeles football team so los angeles football scene so it is an important game for the team i mean what what are you going to be looking for in this game in terms of what what do you want to see the rams do against the raiders or what anything from the Raiders side as well
2: for the rams the number one concern for me is just not making sure that the raider offense doesn't establish any sort of rhythm which i i'm i have to say i'm not that concerned about but for arguments' sake, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that just making sure that that uh, they shell shock Carr. This is some. This is exactly what they need to do. They need to shell shock Carr to send a message not only to the Raiders but the entire league that the Rams are not the team to play. And as soon as they make that statement, they're gonna have to, you know, the entire league is gonna have to respect this team and alter their game plan to be safer. So that's what I want to see. I want to see a very, very, very aggressive defense on the offensive side of the ball. I want to see a a balanced offense. I want to see a gunslinging uh, golf. I want to see Burley doing his thing, just finding his way in the end zone, running over some people. Again, I'm not all that concerned about this game, but I want to see a balanced
1: offense and aggressive defense. Uh, What about you, Steve? I definitely agree with most of that the two things i'm really going to be keening in on here is i want to see how the run defense looks this was well our defense was good last year they we forget how many games they really like kind of got wrecked in the first half and wade being the good coach that he is made a lot of adjustments and kind of got it together most of the time but the run defense last year was probably the weakest part of the defense and maybe the team as a whole they there was a lot of games where guys kind of just like ran circles around us and it was wasn't great to see. Now, you got to hope that bringing in Aaron Donald will help out in this situation. So, that to me is what I really want to see on defense and I'm I'm definitely excited to see how that goes. The Rams run defense, they go up the fifth most yards in the league. Like that's not good. That for a team competing for a Super Bowl, that needs to be a lot better. For a perspective, Philly was number one, and even New England was 20th, so a couple spots ahead of us. That needs to improve, and going against a Raiders running game that shouldn't be that good, I, I kind of like Marshawn Lynch going into this year. I think he's going to be a sneaky good fantasy asset, but he should not be running circles around us under any circumstances. I want to see how Sue impacts that, and I want to see – How the linebackers can hold their own in the running game. On offense, I'm excited to see Goff. This is a big offseason for him. And last year, the strides he made were very noticeable. And while I don't think it'll be as dramatic of a change from his first to his second year, I do want to see just a more polished Jared Goff and what that'll mean for the offense. He had trouble sometimes last year. He looked at the receivers too long. Hopefully he can shake that off. He would get a little better at that. But I, I, that's just who I want to see. I'm excited for year three, Jared Goff. I, Year four, Todd Gurley, I'm excited, of course. I hope that he looks more like year three, Todd Gurley, and not year two, Todd Gurley. I'm not super worried about that. Obviously, Brandon Cooks is in the house. I'm excited to see his connection with Goff. But yeah, Goff is who I really want to see here.
2: definitely agree with you there. Uh, Goff is, is definitely a guy that is, is going to, I think really improve even more which is kind of a scary thought because I feel Goff is an underrated quarterback and if he improves even a little bit more you're already talking about a top 10 quarterback in my opinion I, I would you put him that high
1: if he yes. comes in a lot more improved yeah I think he's in the conversation I'd have to really rank it out top five I think I I don't imagine him being a top five quarterback this year just because the position's so deep and there's like I can't really imagine him being better than Rogers or Brady or even like Russell Wilson this year. But if he makes strides and improves a lot on last year, I definitely see him being a top, being able to at least be in the conversation for top 10 and probably being in that conversation because how good, how night and day it was between year one and year two was year two was crazy. And he has, he was the number one pick for a reason. He got drafted over Carson Wentz for a reason he is can definitely be a top-ten quarterback. His ceiling is probably a top-five quarterback. I don't think he'll be there next year. But, yeah, if if he continues to make strides, I see him ending the year as probably a top-ten quarterback. All right, Johnny, you know what time it is here. First one of the year. <laughs> Give me your prediction for this game. I don't want to
2: get too bold and predict a blowout, but I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm going to say expect a 45 to
1: 13 victory i'm gonna go 37 21 i'll give the raiders a little bit more credit than you but yeah i think this (laughs) i don't think it's gonna be a total blowout but i think it's gonna be a game where the rams have a solid lead and are just in control the whole game i don't think it's week one gruden's got something to prove that the team is gonna be playing with the chip on their shoulder then again it could also be a team that's furious that they traded their best player and captain so it definitely could end up as a blow. i would say it's more of like a the rams are comfortably up double digits in the teens but not in the 20s for most of the game i and i hope it goes that way and i hope it doesn't look like the 2016 season opener because that would make me sad but i'm just happy that it's finally here now, oh.
2: what? <laughs> are
1: you happy about it?
2: Are, are you kidding? Do, do, do <laughs> I need to breathe? Absolutely, I'm freaking happy about this. There is never enough football in a year. Never. And nope. this is just like my Christmas.
1: Yeah, it was nice to see the college teams playing this weekend, but that was JV. Let's get the Varsity Boys in there next week, week one. All right, we are going to get into the Fantasy Five here. But first, guys, I am sweating in my apartment right now. And I wish I had a pool to jump in right now, and I'm sure a lot of you would do too. And if you have a pool maybe need some work, if you're looking to remodel, resurface, or get a pool, you got to check out Jayhawk Pool Plastering and Remodeling at 4780 East Wesley Avenue in Anaheim, California. Jayhawk Pool Plastering and Remodeling serves the Orange County and the Southland and is run by Jayhawk, the eldest son of former Ram John Hawk, and the brother of our friend Jim Hawk. He built this business on the mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service. Head on over to jhawkpools.com and take a look at their work. You can see the quality in their finishes and the testimonies provided by their past customers. If you're looking to resurface, remodel, or grab a new pool, give Jayhawk a call at 714-695-0700. Again, 714-695-0700. You can email them at info at jhawkpools.com. Folks, this is a great opportunity to support our podcast and to help fellow members of the Rams community. If you live out in the area, give Jayhawk pool, plaster, and remodeling a call. You'll be glad you did. And, of course, guys, season's right around the corner, so if you're looking to sponsor our podcast, you can get in touch with us at Ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a meeting, ready to go, and we'd be happy to talk business. All right, enough of the Rams, unfortunately, for the rest of this podcast. We're going to hit the Fantasy 5 here real quick. The, the big news here. For week one, our number one story is that Jarek McKinnon, non-contact injury, the last play of practice. He is done for the year. Matt Breida and Alfred Morris are the guys there that people are going to be targeting. If you haven't drafted yet, I have a feeling these guys are going to be going high. I personally wouldn't really touch either until the seventh or later, and even that's kind of early. But I think Alfred Morris is the guy to own. I think Matt Breida is the guy with a higher ceiling, but I, I don't have a ton of faith in him here. Johnny, are you scared of either of these guys playing against the Rams this year?
2: No, not at all. Yeah. Just because I, I know what, what you have in basically Alfred Morris. And I I don't think he's going to do all that. Well, Brita, like you said, he has a higher ceiling, but I like you don't have a lot of faith in him. Although I am hoping that Morris does have a better season because I drafted him.
1: There you go, yeah. And I think Morris, <laughs> I think he'll be okay. He's Shanahan likes him, obviously. He wasn't that bad in Dallas last year. I'm not going to say he is going to be as good as McKinnon might have been, but he could have some flex appeal, and I can see him mixing it in and being a usable fantasy player. Number two, and another thing that will hit home to you, Johnny, Le'Veon Bell failed to report today. The Steelers released a press statement saying they were not happy about it. Uh, Johnny drafted him, as he informed me today. But look, it's Le'Veon Bell. I think he would lose too much money to not show up at all this year. If you, if an owner is just out on him, trade for him. He, I think he'll be back sooner than later. I'm not concerned that he would miss the whole year. I'm not sure why he's not there yet, but uh, look, he, he's coming back. I don't see him missing the whole year. He's going to lose too much money. Uh, I not a guy that you want to sell. He's a guy that I would buy if players were selling him for nothing. So Johnny, hold tight on Le'Veon and get James Conner if you can. Number
2: oh <laughs> man, not not a good start to the season.
1: You know, I had to check all my teams today, and I was a little surprised that I didn't own him in any leagues this year. So that I'm not, I'm kind of happy about that, but also like don't don't panic too much unless someone offers you something crazy that you can't pass up. Do it. But he's not a guy you should be shopping because he, when he's out there, he's going to be one of the best players in the league, even if it's not till week three or week four, which I don't really think it will be, but he's still worth holding on to. Number three, the Saints cut Jonathan Williams the expected backup to Alvin Kamara during their roster cuts. Now, they signed Mike Gillisley but... We've seen enough of Gilleslie to know that all he can really do is run into the end zone from a five-yard line. And while that is a little sh- scary for Kamara owners, all signs point to Kamara getting a full workload during the first four weeks and a chance to prove he could be the feature back. And that's really exciting. It's a little scary for Ingram owners. I still think the most likely scenario is Kamara gets slightly more touches than he did last year and Ingram gets slightly scaled back. I don't see him being the goal line back this year, but... Be, be excited about kamara he's gonna get unleashed and gillsley unless you're in a super deep league i wouldn't really keep your eye on him unless you just need to play a running back who might get you six points that's about it it's that's the john coon situation as we call it when we get desperate number four rams legend nick Foles will be starting week one for the eagles to our Wentz owners don't panic this was always in the cards it doesn't seem like Wentz is going to be out very long this seems more of a safe move rather than making sure that Wentz hasn't fully if Wentz hasn't fully completed his rehab process, you want that to get done. This is a guy that has they have so much invested in and if we were in a similar situation and our backup wasn't Sean Mannion, I would insist on doing the same. Nick Foles, as far as fantasy goes, he is worth streaming, but if you already have a set quarterback, I don't really think he's going to be Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles in these games I think Johnny we've watched Nick Foles enough to know that that doesn't come out every game
2: no as disappointing as that is no it does not
1: no it does not and lastly here we mentioned this a little bit earlier but Nathan Peterman starting quarterback for the Bills this means I am going to stay away from any Bills pass catchers as far as week one goes I do think Benjamin has some value there because he's really the only proven receiver I don't even know how much he's proven in the offense and they're going to throw him the ball whenever they throw it I don't know how many of those balls are going to actually make it to him Charles Clay he might hey he's going to be a high floor possession receiver because again not a lot going on he might catch some touchdowns but there's probably not going to be that much touchdowns in Buffalo which doesn't bode well for LaShawn McCoy. Now, he's not a guy you're going to bench because he's clearly going to get a ton of work if Nathan Peterman is a starter, but this has a 2016 Todd Gurley situation written all over it. The teams are going to be stacking the box against him, and he's a lot older than Todd Gurley was in that year. The Bills, I guess they were as bad as the Rams were that year. So I don't know, it's... I'm starting McCoy in the leagues I own him. I'm not super excited about it, but it's you can't not play him. And as far as that goes, I'm not going to play any of the Bills' pass coaches. Johnny, are you happy that we're not playing and we're not in this quarterback situation anymore?
2: I don't want to see another quarterback situation like that ever again. <laughs> uh, I That would give me nightmares. Uh, you know, kudos to the Bills fans because I don't envy you. I really don't.
1: This would be like if in 2010, when we drive to Sam Bradford, we just turned around and rolled with Keith Knowles starting quarterback, in week one. It's like the same thing, which it's nuts. But I, I don't think Allen's fully healthy right now. But if he's not ready, I don't blame them, even if you're kind of throwing away games here with Peterman. But whatever. I think it's enough for us. We've been going for a while here. Uh, Johnny, any parting thoughts before we venture out and get ready for this Rams-Raiders game?
2: If by some chance there are any Raider fans out there that are listening, well, this victory is for you guys, you know?
1: (laughs) Kudos. Man, I really hope that we're not having a sad episode of Budding Heads next week, but I really don't think we will. Uh, This is a team with a lot of eyes looking at them, and they're going to be very excited to get out there. And the Raiders, who also have a lot of eyes looking at them, I don't think they're going to be as excited to get out there, because uh, this... That was not a pro player move trading with Khalil Mack. Let's just put it that way. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rams Talk. You can find the Rams Talk room where you can talk to any of us you can, on Facebook. Hit us up if you need access to that. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro. If you have any fantasy questions going into this week or just want to talk about anything, hit me up. If I see you're in the Rams Club, I'll throw you a follow. And don't forget to follow Johnny as well, Johnny5, not 6, although he probably isn't going to tweet at you because he's been MIA on the Twitter. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, of course, if you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcast. whether that's Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, and iebeatradio.com. Hit, shoot us an email, shoot Derek an email or a tweet. If you listen to us on IEB Radio, I know he was looking to get some feedback on there. So if that's where you hear this, please give, uh, give him a shout out. You can find him. He's at Talk Rams, pretty much. Uh, but that's going to be it for us here, Johnny. We got football next week, and hopefully we'll have a good show because we'll be happy about a 1 0 start. We'll talk to you then.
0: I hate Tom's Tulip Shop. It just smells so flowery. Like we're good at your flower shop. You don't need to remind us. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. I needed a fake plant. They don't sell fake plants. Thanks for nothing, Tom. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial, auto, and business insurance. Then he says have a great day. Uh, I'll decide what kind of day to have. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated in third-party insurers.